Hey guys, it's Gwen. If you love what you hear, there are a few ways you can help us during season two. First, don't forget to subscribe to the Fresh Fiction Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcast apps. Rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast with your friends helps us out more than you'll ever know. Sharing is caring, as they say. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram as Real Vixen. Welcome back to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. Today I'm joined by author Denise Swanson, whose newest mystery, Die Me a River, is the second in her Welcome Back to Scrumble River series. In Die Me a River, Scumble River School psychologist Sky Dennison Boyd is captivated by the body discovered in a local bowling alley. Everyone in the, in the town has a reason to want Paige Myler dead. She's the representative of the insurance company many residents are suing for the follow, following the tornado in the previous book, which then makes everyone a suspect. I'm thrilled to welcome Denise. Denise Swanson to the podcast. Hi, Denise. Hi, Gwen. Hi. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I know that uh, every minute is a is a is a very important minute to an author, so I very much appreciate it. Oh, I thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> so, Denise, um, for our, for our listeners, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and how you started writing? Well, I actually. Well, my first book when I was in kindergarten. Really? Uh, <laughs> I am an only child, and I grew up in the country on a farm, and I had nothing else to do. <laughs> so um, my mom taught me to read before I went to kindergarten, and by the time I went to kindergarten, uh, already reading, the teacher really didn't know what to do with me. So she put me in the back of the room, and she said, amuse yourself. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's never a good thing to tell a five-year-old. Nope, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> or a six-year-old. I, I think I was six. So I looked around the room, and I saw all these books, and I loved books, and I thought, I will write my own alphabet book. So I did. And around Thanksgiving, I finished it up, and I brought it up to the teacher, and I said, Mrs. Sullivan, look what I did. And she got this really weird look on her face, and she flipped through the, the tablet that I had used, and she said, you've used up your whole tablet. What are you going to use for the rest of the year? Oh, no. Oh, my first bad review. <laughs> I think that was her way of saying um, you were too wordy. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. <laughs> my first editor. <laughs> your first editor. <laughs> that is so crazy. Uh, That's wild. So, um, I really, like, put the thought aside of writing it for uh, a while. But then in junior high, I was reading a lot of very sweet romance romances back then. Um, the Harlequins, they barely kissed, let alone anything else. And I just thought they were super unrealistic considering what some of my classmates were doing. Right. <laughs> So I started writing my own romance, and the teacher caught me, because they always do. Yep. And she said, you know, if you're going to do this, you have to do this in front of, you have to read it to the whole class. And thinking, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was in the middle of uh, writing a love scene, and when uh, I started reading about the uh, French kiss, she yanked me out of out of class and sent me to the principal. That is so funny. That is like straight out of a like rom com, like a kid's book. Yeah. <laughs> Except I didn't get the handsome hero. No. <laughs> principal and my dad who was not happy with me. So, so my funny. second bad review. Mm -hmm. 
I see so a trend. Then, <laughs> so then I decided writing was probably not a good idea. Every time I did, I got in trouble. So um, I did not try to write again until I was nearly 40 years old. Oh, wow. Did you really feel like a lot of it was from those residual early days, or was it just that you were doing other things? Well, a little of both. I mean, I think if I would have been encouraged, you know, the teachers would have been like, wow, that's so nice, you should keep this up, I would have. But, you know, without that encouragement, and, you know, to be fair, back in the day, you know, if if you were going to go to college, you really should go for something that could earn you a living. Sure. Not, you know, liberal arts. (laughs) So um, it was probably a combination of the two. I see. So then what inspired you um, when you were 40 to start writing again? Well, um, I'd been working as a school psychologist, and I discovered some really bad things going on in one of the the school systems that I was working in. And I ended up having to quit that job in, uh, I would say, March or April. And I knew I would never get another job in the school system until the following August when Mm -hmm. school started again. So I had three or four months where I was just going to have nothing to do. And at first I thought I would just, you know, go out to lunch, go shopping, you know. See Be a lady friends. of leisure. Yeah. <laughs> and that lasted about a week and a half. And then I <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I just sat down and I'm like, well, I, I really love to read. I've been keeping notes for, you know, 20 years mm-hmm. on all the funny things that have happened to me and characters I've met. I'm going to try and write a book. <laughs> So that's what I did. Your first book came out in 2000. Um, How long between when you first started writing to getting that first publishing deal? It took a long time. I would say um, probably about, took me probably about three years to find an agent. Oh, wow. Okay. I had roughly 270 rejection letters. Uh, I'm seeing a trend. You're very resilient. I love this. You know, um, I have a, I have a little plaque on my wall, and I used to use it with the kids I would counsel in school, and I realized it applied to me too. And it said, "It's not how good you are; it's how bad you want it." So um, I just kept sending them out. I was getting very discouraged, but when I was about to quit, my husband said to me, "Okay, what happens if you don't send the next batch of query letters out?" And I'm like, "Well." I quit. I'm, you know, I'm never going to get published. And he said, and what happens if you do? And I said, well, I'll probably get rejection. He said, yeah, but you said probably. Oh. Oh. That's so sweet. (laughs) So, uh, and then it took my, the agent that I finally got about 18 months to get me published. Okay. So then from then it kind of snowballed, which was good. Yeah. You know, once, once we found the right home and a lot of it you know you hate to admit it but a lot of it is luck of course you know once we found the right editor who you know had the right list going who had the opening and who liked my voice you know she signed she signed me up for a three book deal right away so you know from then on I was just 
under contract from, you know, the year 1999 on. Yeah, that's great. And so, you know, 19 years later, it's a good place to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious for you because you said, you know, you, you, um, you wrote your alphabet book when you were in kindergarten and then you had your junior high romance that uh, got you into very, a lot of hot water. Um, what made you decide that, uh, mysteries were, were your bag? Cause I know you've also in the last few years you, you wrote, um, a romance, but you've pretty much stuck to the mystery genre. I, I like, I, I really love both genres. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, I love my mysteries, but I love my romances, too. And I think, again, it's sort of fate or happenstance or, you know, I managed, you know, I, I managed to find an agent for the mystery. She, you know, sold the book, and it did a lot better than anyone that was expecting it to. Mm-hmm. And from then on, you're just sort of, in that cycle, you know, it's, I had a three book contract and then almost right away they offered me another contract because the first book did really well. And, you know, it just snowballed. Yeah. But I always had been in the, you know, whenever I had a few weeks between having to, you know, be writing on contract, I would go back and I would, um, you know, work on my romances. So... You know, ideally, I'd like to split my time evenly, you know, write uh, a romance and a mystery, uh, you know, mystery, romance, mystery, romance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, since I'm putting those out by myself, I don't have the kind of deadline I have with the mystery. Sure, yeah, that makes it definitely a little bit more challenging to get those done when you're like, well, I have all these other ones that are under contract. Yeah, <laughs> that somebody is, you know, emailing me going, so how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> Do you find um, a lot of similarities or differences between the two genres? You know, I really think there is more similarity than people think yeah. with the two genres. Um, almost every mystery, even the really dark ones, have a tiny bit of romance in them if you think about it. For sure. And the cozies, which what I write has a ton, of, usually have a ton of romance in them. Uh, you know, usually the relationship is a very important part of 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 uh, those books. So, you know, it's just. And then, if you look at romances, they they don't usually have a murder in them, although there are is romantic suspense. But there's usually some mystery that the characters have to solve to get there happily ever after. So, you know, in in the mystery side, you're putting in the clues to help the sleuth solve the murder, and in the romance, you're putting in the clues to help the hero and the heroine get to their uh, happily ever after. Mm, yeah, and I think that those are definitely, they both also just have so much character, they're so, also so character-driven, which is really great, too. Right, and that's you know that's my my where I shine is mm-hmm. I you know I I am much more a character driven author and reader than I am a, a plot driven author. You've had three mystery series. And this is your third one. What was it about coming back to Scumble versus going and re maybe doing um, a reboot of your Devereaux series? Well, just you know, business wise, mm-hmm. the Scumble River was a lot more wildly popular. Yeah, I mean, it was a success, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, you know, it had a lot more backstory. You know, the readers had been with Sky and, and uh, the gang for a lot longer. And, you know, just, and I had been a school psychologist, so I still had a lot of stories to right. tell <laughs> that I hadn't even touched the yeah. <laughs> iceberg on that. So, um, uh, I think that was it. I mean, the dinosaur books were more of a stretch for me. They certainly had their their fans. I still almost daily get either a Facebook message or email from a reader saying, "When is the next dinosaur book coming out?" Oh, that's sweet. Um, so I may go back to that. You know, I may see if I can sell it to a publisher. Uh, or I may just self-publish that, which, you know, takes a lot of um, pressure off me because it's, then it's not another deadline. It's, it's a big, big risk, and I think people should, readers, and I know writers understand this, but really thank a lot of these uh, publishers who have, you know, stepped into the breach after Pe- Penguin Random House decided to, you know, get rid of most of their cozy lines, yeah. picked up these books, and especially picked up the series. I mean, everybody wants a new series. Could have probably gone to five different publishers if I wanted to just write a new series. We should just be very grateful to these publishers, you know, who have, you know, like Source Books for me and, you know, some of the others. Uh, I know Kensington has picked up a lot and uh, a few of the others. Um, you know, so that these stories could be continued because we always had the readers. It wasn't like our readership had fallen off. It was purely uh, some kind of business decision that I didn't quite understand. <laughs> yeah, I remember when that happened the last couple or two years ago, and there were so many authors who were displaced from it and it was so unfortunate because it's like there are numbers and I, I have a reader community that I meet with every single week and a majority of them read cozies and they read romances and they read you know it's just everything and so it was a very big surprise for us as well as readers to see sort of a huge name in the industry sort of saying no nope, we're done yeah, it was just, it was a shock to everybody. I had a little warning because they had come to me and asked me if I would be willing to go into hardcover with the Scumble Rivers. And, because uh, that's all they were going to keep were the, you know, the hardcover line. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel like it was fair to, you know, as you said, I have a huge backlist. I had, at that time, I had 19 books in that series. So suddenly I'm going to say to my readers, okay, you've been great to me, you've supported me through 19 books, but now instead of having the book for $8, I'm going to charge you 25 Yeah, oof. And that just, that felt, you know, morally it felt wrong to me, and it just felt wrong on a business sense, too, that, you know, these people aren't going to be able to afford that. They, they'll probably read them, but they're going to wait either for the paperback to come out or just start getting them from the library, which is fine, but, you know, not good for growing my numbers. Well, let's jump in and talk a little bit about uh, Diamia River, um, which just came out on September 4th. Um, and then, like we said, this is the second in this new spinoff series. Um, and I'm curious for you, you know, having done, tw- you know, now it's 21 books in this world, how do you um, keep Sky's adventure sort of interesting for, not only for her, but for you as well? You know, I thought about that a lot, and I, I especially thought about it before I agreed to, to continue this series. With yeah. And one of the things that um, I think is beneficial for me and for my readers 
uh, is that Sky continually changes. Her character is always on a growth arc. You know, she came, in, in the first book, she came back to town pretty much with her tail between her legs, mm-hmm. having been, you know, kicked almost as low as you can go. And with every book, you know, she's, she's grown stronger, and her relationships have grown stronger, and she's, she's mended a lot of relationships. Her relationship with her mother has evolved. Uh, her feelings about herself have evolved. And... She, you know, she has had significant life milestones. You know, she's dated, she's been engaged, she's gotten married, now she's had babies. You know, it's it's a different, it may be the same world, but it's definitely a different part of that world every time I go back to it. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you've now given her these two children that so she's got to kind of juggle a, per, a very, very personal life and her interest in sort of being involved with all of these, uh, you know, I would be like, let's move out of Scumble. There's way too many murders happening here. But she, <laughs> <laughs> Sky seems to always find and find herself in the middle of these situations. Well, you know, that's the one really hard part about writing an amateur sleuth <laughs> having any kind of believability for them to keep getting involved in these these murders and that was why you know I can't remember which book I did it in but uh, a few books back you know I, I had the police department actually hire her as a consultant because I figured otherwise it just it stretches my credibility <laughs> absolutely that was very important <laughs> Well, um, so Denise, before I let you go, I have one more. I have a, one question for you. It's kind of we talk about on the podcast what we're watching, what we're reading, and what we're listening to. Because um, I know as a writer, you probably still love reading and, and love stories in any in all different forms. So I'm curious if you have any recommendations for us. Well, uh, one of my favorite authors, and I will, you know, just admit, <laughs> also one of my best friends, Heather Blake, just had a book come out to catch a witch. So uh, now that I'm just turned in my last mystery, I can now go back to reading mysteries. So I've, I've got that one on my Kindle fired up and ready for me to start this afternoon. Oh, perfect. You know, when I'm writing mysteries, that's when I read romance. But now I have a romance coming out in November, so I'm switching gears. <laughs> That's interesting. I've talked to a few authors who have, who can read in their genre while they're writing, but the majority are like you and, and like to not read while, not to read their genre while they're writing. Um, do you, is there a particular reason that you like to avoid um, mystery while you're writing mystery and romance while you're writing romance? Well, I think, you know, one, you just don't want to accidentally copy somebody, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and it sticks in your head and you don't even realize it. It has stuck in your head. Uh, and two, and, and this may not just say be me, but um, I only, you know, I, I only read authors who I think are really good at their craft as authors. And the ones that are really good, I'll get about halfway through and I'll be like, wow, she is so much better writer than I am. I <laughs> Something to aspire to. <laughs> Yeah, so so part of it is just the self-confidence. Mm. So that's why, like, okay, once I'm writing in the other genre, I can handle it better. <laughs> 
That's funny. That's a very, that's a, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and, you know, as for television, I'm, um, I hate to admit this almost, but I'm a reality TV junkie. Girl, my favorite. Which one are you watching right now? Right now it's um, Big Brother, mm-hmm. which is driving me crazy. Uh, you know, every one of those contestants needs a psych exam. Of course. And they could probably get one to get on the show, and they're like, man, that'll be fun. <laughs> oh, a couple of them, I don't see how they could have passed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was truly worried me a little bit. <laughs> it's very nerve-wracking when you watch them, especially in those shows where they're fishbowl like that, and you, as an audience member, have such perspective that they don't really have because they're living it. Yeah, and they don't know what these people are like behind the map. Mm-hmm. I always say I, I watch these reality shows to get characters for my books. That's my excuse anyway. Oh, that's a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I always say it's a palate cleanser. A I don't know if you've seen that, The Castaway. No, I haven't seen Castaway. I've heard about it, though. I heard about The Survivor, only I don't think there's any winner. I think it's just, you know... What these people go through, you know, now that they've been marooned. Yeah. And we just follow them for episodes. Yeah. And I, I, oh, yeah, that's go ahead. Pretty much my, my TV. I don't watch a lot of TV. And, well, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and the reality. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're spending so much time using your brain. You need to, you know, you need to get new characters and, and make sure your trivia is on point. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Denise, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Um, I want to make sure that our re- our listeners have a chance to stay in touch with you um, and uh, learn more about you. So how can they uh, find out more information about you? Well, uh, I have a website. It's uh, com. I'm also very active on Facebook. Uh, and uh, although I have an author page, uh, Facebook, as you know, doesn't always let everyone let you see all the posts. So mm-hmm. I also have a group that uh, I would encourage any of my readers who want to participate and ask me questions. And I do a Tuesday treat, so I do a giveaway every week uh, to come over to uh, that group, which is called uh Denise Swanson's Mysteries, Romances and More. <laughs> That's a very mouthy name. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's why I had to take a big breath. <laughs> I'm, also, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter, but I will admit I'm not really good about that. <laughs> yeah, Facebook's the place for you. Yeah, Facebook is the place to find me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, Denise, thank you so much. Um, and like we said, Die Me a River is available now. You can buy it um, anywhere books are sold, online and in, in stores. Denise Swanson, thank you so, so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Hey, guys, it's Gwen. If you love what you hear, there are a few ways you can help us during season two. First, don't forget to subscribe to the Fresh Fiction Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcast apps. Rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast with your friends helps us out more than you'll ever know. Sharing is caring, as they say. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram as Real Vixen.